0: there. Welcome to Did I Talk Too Much? A Grit podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Wertz. Hey everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Um, I'm joined here today with our lovely guest, Niallie Lopez. Say hello. Hello. So, Niallie is the director of the Title IX programs and the deputy Title IX coordinator here at Biola. And today we're going to be talking about SAM, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So just a quick trigger warning that we're going to be discussing sexual assault in this episode. So if that's going to be upsetting for you, feel free to skip out on this week's episode, but we're going to have some resources posted on our Instagram, so you can definitely go check that out. So, Nellie, introduce yourself. Um, Would love to hear a little bit about you, how you got into this field, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, this question is always hard for me because I'm like, I have so much to say, and <laughs> I want to say everything, but. We can always cut it down, so <laughs> give us give us everything. Great. Um, so yeah, my name's Nayeli. I um, graduated from Biola as an undergrad and also a grad student. Um, I was very involved when I was here on campus. Um, and I got into this field. It's kind of like a circle of life moment for me where I wanted to be a doctor when i first came in to biola changed my major like seven times (laughs) ended up uh, pursuing the legal field and so um yeah i've always worked in the church as a pastor and in law firms as a senior paralegal for a long time and so jesus and law have been my passion and i always wanted them to come together and so Why do I say this is a full circle for me or a cycle of life situation? Makes me think of The Lion King, which is my favorite movie. (laughs) So, Um, but because when I was a student here at Biola, I went through a situation, a sexual assault situation. I did not know what to do, who to talk to, what resources were available. And so I tried to do as much as I could do as a student to see if there were other students that needed help, what resources we could do. Um, and so it feels like a full circle because before that I had already kind of spoken to Dr. Grace and talked about what I was finding out on campus. And so CMR, the Center of Marriage and Relationship, didn't exist before. Wow. Um, and and so then coming back, I feel like the Lord felt like a calling of me coming back and being able to put together my passion for the Lord and my passion for law and my situation to be here on campus and be able to be that resource and that uh, create that safe space for students to be able to report but also find uh, answers to their questions and find support. So it almost feels like a full circle. I definitely did not think I was going to be here. So as an undergrad, I did not imagine myself back. But the Lord has, you know, His ways of doing things. And so it feels like it's just a puzzle that's fallen into its place. So I'm happy to be here doing this difficult work, but very necessary for for all of us.
0: 100%, we're very grateful for you and very thankful for everything that you've brought to Biola and how you're supporting students. It's cool how like you were once the student that was looking for answers and now you're able to be that guide and mentor for other um, people that are coming to you with these issues. Uh, Nayeli is also, you work with pastoral care. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah. and spiritual direction?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also a spiritual director here on campus. Um, and so I also am part of the pastoral care team. So students can book an appointment to see me in that in that area. And, and I also am available to give direction um, for students that would like that. So That's I'm happy wonderful. to do both. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk
0: a little bit more towards the end of the podcast about um, the resource that Niaelia is and how you can talk to her, so we'll we'll circle back to that. But first, um, I want to ask, what is SAM? So Sexual Assault Awareness Month, um, and what can students do to help facilitate helpful conversations this month, along with supporting those around them processing through their own sexual assault experiences?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a, a good question. Um, so SAM is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, like you mentioned, and it's a month of it's the month of April where we take time to raise awareness of sexual violence and educate our communities on how to prevent it. So even on our website, we have a webpage on biola.edu, and so I even always add a section of what that history looks like for students to go in and read more about that, but its its main purpose is to raise awareness of sexual violence and to educate our communities on how to prevent it, um, provide resources for students, and, um, and create spaces for students to learn more, bring their questions about different things like healthy relationships, boundaries, and and and, and that sort of, of, of information. But um, going back to uh, your question of how to facilitate helpful conversations, um, as I was thinking about this year's theme, I felt like I don't know how much conversation or questions students actually have, but mm-hmm. I think some of the things that it's important about conversation is how do I um, communicate with my friends. Yes. What is my communication style? How do I communicate with the person that I'm dating? If you are dating someone, mm-hmm. you know, what does that communication look like? Can I actually have the freedom to say what I need to say, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking? Um, can Can I always read the nonverbals of a person? Because sometimes we think, oh, I think that person is mad at me. Totally. But it's like, well what makes you think that person's mad at you? Or sometimes students, or even myself, I'm like, oh, I'm so good at reading nonverbals, verbals but can assume, right? Unless totally. you know the person that that whatever, shrugging their shoulders or nodding their head or, you know, like what does that mean for each person, right? Totally. And so I think it's important to, to come talk about those things and, and ask yourself, how do I communicate? And do I communicate well? Yes, totally. Um, what is the culture on this campus? What is the culture that I come from and what might be differences when it comes to communication, when it comes to respecting other people's boundaries, when it comes to what are my own boundaries? Right. What are healthy relationships? Do I just know the red flags that I cannot identify the green ones or do I know neither? Right. Um, And so and also what is a bystander intervention? Like how do I support others or how do I intervene if it's needed? Right. And and I think an important one, too, is how do we include men in the conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we begin to include uh, men into these conversations and what questions they might have or what, you know, things might make them uncomfortable about this, this topic? And so, yeah, and, and, I, and, and this year's theme is um, Care, Communicate. And so, you know, it, it's like how do you, in what ways do you already use consent in your daily life, right, do you choose what you eat? Do you choose what you wear? Do you, you know, when you're with a set of friends, is there someone that usually always takes over and chooses for everyone? Or are you still able to kind of show what you want to do or what you actually like? You know, it's like, I remember when I was um, at Biola, you know, I wanted to make friends and we would go, uh, go out in a group of friends. And so I had a friend who loved to be helpful, <laughs> um, but actually did not realize that that she would step over boundaries and be controlling. controlling, Mm -hmm. yeah. But she meant well, right? Yes. But did not know how to respect someone else's choices and boundaries. And so it wasn't until one day we were, and I use this example a lot, but I don't say that it's my story, but now I am. Um, We went to get ice cream and there's like this, it was probably the biggest ice cream place I've ever seen of so many options. Ice cream is my favorite. So I'm in there and I'm thinking, I don't know what I want. I need some time. But everyone else is ready. Right. Mm. And so and I've never been there. And this friend has had been there before. So everyone's ready. I'm feeling a little pressure to make my decision. But I kind of want to try a few before I you know. And so long story short, um, my friend ends up picking for me. Because (laughs) (laughs) I know. And And then I was mad at myself later because I did not use my voice to communicate that that's not
0: what I wanted. You need to uh, address these things and like your small daily interactions with your friends, because then this is like helping you take steps to be able to learn how to communicate with your partner, which is like super important and foundational.
1: Yeah. And and then come to the question of, do your friends respect your no? Yes. And now let's take it a, a step farther. Does your partner respect your no? Yes. Right. There's a difference between persuading someone versus pressuring someone mm-hmm. but it's like there's such a fine line in between that totally the most important thing is to know does your partner respect your no mm-hmm. right how do how do they respond when you say no mm-hmm. what does that look like you know who how are decisions made between in in your relationships like how are your dates set up who does what you know like things like that that i think it's important but more important is is to be able to to be aware of what your communication style is like. What does that look like in your relationship with your friends? What does that look like in the person you're dating, right? How does that person respond to your no?
0: Totally. So I feel like a big question that students have, um, and I've definitely talked about this with my friends, of like, what do you say if someone opens up about a sexual assault experience? Like what's helpful, what's hurtful? Um, I know like through my RA training that it's like the less, the better, like you really want to be there and affirm what they're saying, Um, but not talk about your experience, not add to that. Um, But yeah, I just kind of want to hear from what you think, what student, like a little guide for them kind of of approaching these conversations in light of our theme, which is care and communicate, um, because we want to be able to care for our friends well in these conversations.
1: Yeah, um, I think I'm going to start with what not to say. Um, in my own experience, and I'll, and I'll go from there, when I was a student here, I shared with my roommate, and my roommate went ahead and took action on my behalf. Mm. And so I think a lot of times, again, friends, people have good intentions, and they meet well, but sometimes being helpful ends up being more hurtful than helpful. And so it's not about what we think we need to do. It's about what is the other person needing yeah. Um, and so I think it's important to be aware of that when you are supporting or hearing a friend share the story. What what is this? What is my friend? What is the other person who is sharing? Who's the, the person who is sharing should have control of this conversation and control of what actions are taken yes. after. And, and whoever is listening is literally there to listen, to support to Mm -hmm. care, but not in in our own way, but in the way that our friend or person is needing. Yes. So I think it's very important. And again, it sounds so basic, but a lot of times we forget. And and I've learned throughout the years in my life that sometimes it's good to go back to basics. Yes. What are the foundations of listening? How do you listen well? Not talk. Right. (laughs) Great. Right? Or not interrupt or, or not say, you know, because sometimes we are so uncomfortable also being aware of our own emotions. Yes. You know, as the listener, am I unsure? Am I uncomfortable? Am I getting angry? Yeah. Confused. Mm -hmm. What, what is stirring up for me as I'm listening? Because that, that can also affect how you respond to the person who's sharing. Right. If you're unsure, you're like, well, I should do something. So you want to immediately push this person into action. It's like, don't, pressure the person to action. Don't give them a time frame of how long they should act or, you know, get over it. It's a big one where it's like, you know, you've been acting like this for a while. How long are you going to be acting like this? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But and also not responding with I know, you know, it's like, no, you don't know. Yeah. You know, but you you want to say I support you. But sometimes I know is a very, very common mm. price response for a lot of people. Or sometimes you want to make the person feel better and you start comparing. There's a lot of comparing phrases like, mm. well, at least you didn't blank. Or at least it wasn't worse than blank. Oh, at least there's... It's like trying to look at the good side of it. like Which is like,
0: that's not the purpose of this conversation. No. We don't need the silver <laughs> lining.
1: No, and a lot yeah. of times a survivor doesn't want you to fix it. It just wants you to listen and support Yeah, because they're already going through so much tension within them and questions might be dealing with shame or guilt or maybe it's my fault, maybe I didn't communicate well, maybe I sometime, somehow caused this, right? And so, you know, I I think my question for all those that that would want to be a supportive friend is how are you a compassionate friend? What does that look like? How do you listen well? You know, how do you show the other person you're listening? Um, How can the person that is sharing feel supportive? And sometimes we have to ask them, how can I support you?
0: Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to ask. Like, what do you need right now? What do you want me to do for you because it might just be like i just need you here right now like that's probably going to be the answer and they'll appreciate that you're asking them yeah. instead of just assuming like oh i should try to make them feel better by doing this or like your roommate like oh if i take action then they'll be then they'll feel supported but it's like that wasn't what support looked like for you right at that moment
1: right of course if the person is in danger or there's mental health issues of course report like you know, communicate with your resources on campus. If it's over, our, like, you know, um, night hours or hours where everyone's home, like communicate with campus safety. They have a team set up for that. Like, of course, if it's an emergency- There's exceptions. Right, there's exceptions. We don't want the other person being hurt. We want the whoever's sharing to be safe. Like, those are important. Are you safe and are you mentally okay right now, right? In the way where it's like, it's, is it a, a suicidal thing? Is it someone that we need to bring in people now? Mm -hmm. Right. But if it's not either of those things, like you have to let the other person um, make decisions at their own pace and their own time. Mm -hmm. So it's like what you can do as a supportive friend instead of reporting on their behalf. If the person is not ready to come forward, you can check in on them, check in on them. How are you doing? Is -hmm. there anything that you need? How can I support you? Uh, remind them that you care about their well-being. Remind them that you care and that you want to be there in the way that it, that that they need it. You know, totally. communicate empathy. Um, and also know your resources. Like as someone who's listening, you being a strong supporter doesn't mean that you're equipped to manage someone else's health. And I think that's very important. Yes. Where it's like, do you even know the resources on campus so that you can tell your friend, hey, you know, the... The BCC is available, the Biola Counseling Center. You know, Mm -hmm. we do have the Center of Marriage and Relationship. You can ask questions there. Here are your confidential resources. Like, do you know that as someone who is also listening? Mm -hmm. Totally. Let me go next. Okay, let me think
0: of one more thing. I think another thing, too, like if um, the survivor who's sharing with you isn't sure maybe what they need at that time I think what Nayeli said is great. Like, definitely inform yourself of the resources. And so when they're ready, you can talk to them about it. But I also think, like, going back to even, like, friendship basics, like, what do you know makes your friend feel loved? So it's, like, if you know they're – it's very Christian, you know, love languages and stuff. But it's, like, if you know, like, oh, they're – I know their love language is gifts. Like, getting them that – like, still, like, showing them love – even more than you would normally, like to show that you're really there for them, even though it doesn't feel like maybe you can do much, like you really can still be a supportive and kind friend. And that's what that person needs because the healing that they need to do, like a lot of it is you're not gonna be able to contribute to very much. Like that's really a journey that they have to go on. And as much as like we wanna help with that, um, I think that a lot of that is just gonna be individual and take a really long time, like you said. So like not rushing that. But just like showing up for them in the way that you know, that would really mean a lot to them.
1: Yeah, I think being intentional, of course. You yes. know, love languages are a thing and I strongly believe in that um, because th- those languages have taught me how, do I, how I feel loved and how I can love others well yes. and better, right? It's like mm-hmm. we, we tend to love others the way that we feel loved mm-hmm. and not realize that that usually does not mean that they're feeling loved even though your intentions are
0: well yes exactly like if your words of affirmation and so you're really trying to affirm your friend and they're like but I don't need that right now like I really need someone to like bring me dinner because like I can't leave my room like I'm just feeling really overwhelmed you know things yeah. like that it's like it's why it's called like love language because it's like that's the language it'd be like speaking a different language you know if you're doing something else and so it's right. really important to um, go beyond what you would normally do I think and just think about how you can show up for them um, Yeah, so transitioning to our next question. So, um, we posted a little question box on our story at grid at Biola, um, and a few students asked some questions, so we're just going to talk about those. Um, Yeah, so we'll start off with our first one. Um, How can we support students who have been assaulted in the past or even at Biola?
1: Yeah, I think people, again, because you know, healing is not linear and it takes different time, a different, it's a different time frame for everyone. So if it's been in the past and it's been a while, or maybe, I I don't know what they mean by the past. Do they mean by the past, like their past lives or the past at Biola, but either way, um, you know, just checking in with them, like check in with them. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, you know, do you need anything? Like you said, I think it goes back to checking in and being intentional about loving and supporting the person. Because if it happened in the past, um, you know, we wanna we wanna be able to support that person into their healing journey. And just kind of checking in to see where they are in that area. Do they need resources? You know, um, do they need to talk to someone? Um, it doesn't matter how long it's been that they experienced that. You wanna check in and be intentional about. You know, checking in and see. You can't really know what you're going to do for this person until you know where they are at. Totally. And so, um, and I mean, here at at Biola, I, I think checking in with your friends and knowing, like making sure that they know their resources or they're getting supportive help here. We have a lot of supportive measures for students. And I think a lot of times students have the misconception that coming to our Title IX office is just about reporting. But it's more about, you know, it's beyond that. It's more like, how can we support you? If you are healing or if you haven't started healing, what resources, you know, are something that you might need at the moment to start that healing journey or to continue? And can we connect to the resources on campus or resources outside of campus, you know? And so I think making sure that the student who's experienced that is getting the support and the resources that they need. Totally.
0: Our next question is really a question. It's just a statement. But they said, I have a friend who was assaulted while the, while they were a student here, and they didn't feel like Biola did anything.
1: I think I have a lot of questions about this statement. I mean, I'm glad they shared this. Um, I would like to know what what that means. You know, mm-hmm. like, how, how do they feel that nothing was done? Or what's the situation that happened to their friend? Um, I don't know when this happened, so I don't know if I was here or not, or... You know, I can't disclose specifics on situations, but unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we we might desire an outcome and we don't get that outcome, so it feels like nothing was done or we're upset. And and I'm not here to to justify anything. I think I would have more questions for this person. Of like, it it hurts my heart to hear that this person feels like Biola didn't do anything, and I I would like to see what happened and what could we have done better, or what did the student need mm-hmm. to be able to remedy that and to be able to make sure that that doesn't happen in the future. You know, like I'm I'm willing to talk about these difficult conversations and to and to remedy things and to, you know, it's more of like, what do our students need? Like, what can we do better, right? We're not, we'd not, um, I'm always, I always have a learning posture, so I'm always open to, you know, growing and learning and and seeing what students might need and what uh, you know our process could be better for students not to feel this way.
0: Yeah, for sure. I just want to say to this friend that I'm sorry. Like that just must be really difficult and that they didn't feel cared for and supported. Um and for any students who are listening right now that are maybe feeling that way, um I just want to affirm you that you're really frustrated and that you don't feel like you're supported. Um, but I really hope that throughout this episode you can see that Nayeli is a great resource. And if you don't know where to go or where to start, um,
1: you can contact
0: her and talk with her.
1: Yeah, I think I want students to know that they're not alone and that I care about their experience and and how they might be feeling. And so, you know, I'm happy to be here to listen and to connect them and to help, you know, remedy this and educate where it's needed and prevent it. you know, I'm, 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 I'm all in is what I'm saying. And so I'd love to hear from students and how I can do my job better. Totally.
0: Okay, next question. What do I do if my friend has been assaulted, but they don't want to talk about it?
1: I think we touched a little bit on this, but definitely don't pressure your friend. Um, don't try to convince your friend to tell you or don't try to, you know, kind of Give your friend, um, yeah, don't pressure them. But sometimes we try to say, hey, you know, I just want to help. I'm here. And we don't realize we're pushing. Um, we think we're being supportive or we're actually pushing um, in our own, like, terms. And so I think that definitely don't do that. Give your friend space. But I think check in. Check in with your friend and let them know, hey, I, I care about you. How are you doing? Are you?" And I think encourage your friend to self-care. Self-care, self-care, self-care. And if you know what your friend likes to do, help them self-care. You know, invite them somewhere or bring that to them. If it's like wearing mask or, you know, um, a blanket, a weighted blanket or different ways that people can feel self-care. Like if Mm -hmm. you can't do that for your friend, it's like sometimes as much as you want to help them and talk about it, it's not up to you. And so there's so many other ways to support that friend without pushing them to talk about the subject.
0: Totally. It's about them, not about you. Yes. And also just keeping in mind that that's like a extremely traumatic experience and that they, it makes sense why they don't want to talk about it. And to just remind yourself of that, like, even though you think that it, it would help them to talk more about it, it's like, you also don't know, like maybe they are talking about it with people and they're able and they're getting help from a trusted adult or someone in pastoral care or a therapist. Like they might be getting what they need from someone that isn't you. And so they don't need to talk about it. So, yeah, just affirming that you're a space for them and yeah, that there's no pressure.
1: Yeah. And I think as a friend reminding ourselves that the other person doesn't owe us anything. Yes. And it doesn't they do not owe us no matter how good friends we are with them, to share that with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about us, you know, it's about them. Mm-hmm. And really, this is, this is one of those things where sometimes you just have to let it go, you know, and you have to um, just check in with your friend and be supportive and be caring in different ways without bringing up the subject. Because I think just to add to what you said, um, everyone reacts differently when they go through an experience right some of us fight it some of us black block it block it off um some some people might black out about it and not really remember like there's different ways and so we also don't know where the person is in their process of of healing or even processing or even starting to think about it and so they might just not remember much either and so or might not be ready to to begin to to be reminded or or remember those Experiences, And then also, I think for those people out there, just reminding them that you it's in your own power what you want to share. And so you you can say no to that. Our last
0: question um, within this section of Q&A from students also ties into just our final question for this podcast, which is how can we ask for help? Who do we talk to? So with that, uh, where should students go if they have other questions that are not addressed in this episode? And how can students reach you?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sandy Huff is our Title IX coordinator, and I am the uh, deputy Title IX coordinator and director, like you um, introduced me in the beginning. So, Sandy and I are available. You can email us, you know, um, sandy.huff at biola.edu or Lopez at biola.edu. Um, one thing that I know is that as soon as we get an email from students, those are the emails that take priority over everything. And so, we reply right away and try to get an appointment as soon as possible um, I also encourage walk-ins but sometimes we have other meetings so I've had a few walk-ins that just happen to work but I I would hate it for a student to show up and we're not available totally um, but I don't want to completely discourage that as well um, yeah that's an option yeah that's mm-hmm. an option if someone is there they can text me and I'm happy to set something up um, so definitely us I think it's important to know confidential resources on campus, like the Biola Counseling Center is confidential and our campus pastor is confidential. So I think it's important to know that those two resources are available where if you're not ready to report it or take action into it, but want to process more, like you know, those resources are available. I think it's important for students to know out there. I won't list them all here, but I just want students to know their supportive measures for them. So the Title IX office will also help with like classes and, um, you know, connecting you to the right resources like the Biola uh, Counseling Center mm-hmm. or CMR. I love the Center of Marriage and Relationship. I wish it was here when I was a student. You can just walk in and ask for advice like that one highly recommend walk-ins you know I think if you're having some questions about your relationships either with your roommates or with you know your friends or it's definitely if you're dating someone and have any questions I just want to encourage students to walk in there they have great people they're helping they have great resources they have great books and I think some of those books might be free for students. If, yeah, I love free books. So no, Same, I'm all over that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if something that a student shares or asks about is it kind of coincides with a book that they may have, those might be available or, you know. And so they have so many resources available in that, um, in that center. And so I want to encourage students to go ask the questions. Like, don't wait until something happens because a lot of times knowing how to communicate with your partner can prevent a lot of things from happening. And so, you know, be very aware. And I know that sometimes you might be shy, but the center of marriage and relationship is a good resource. Like I just want to keep emphasizing and pushing Mm -hmm. for that center because I feel like a lot of students go there, but they go there, unfortunately, after something happened, like after they experience, you know, either, um, some sort of sexual misconduct or sexual violence situation and so i'm hoping that students can start going to their resources before yes to, for le- sure. to learn to communicate so definitely um, those are places uh, there's also the national sexual assault hotline um, that is available for students so again we give our students um, supportive measures on campus but we also if students are interested you know outside resources for them
0: yeah and that phone number and all these emails and resources will be on a post on our instagram at grid up biola so if you're like wait i'm in the car i'm walking like i can't write all this down don't worry
1: yeah i think it's important to know that sometimes you might want to talk to a professor or you know um maybe your boss like your supervisor here on campus but i think it's important to know that they're not confidential and so they would still have to report to us but also something that Um, a misconception I think that sometimes students have is that if they talk to me or Sandy, it's an automatic report and they might not be ready for that. Mm. And so I just want students to know that we're not here to pressure anybody to take certain actions. We're just here to let them know what their options are um, and what our role here is and what does that sexual misconduct policy look like and what is that process. Um, And so... I just want students I just want to clarify that students can come talk to me without feeling like they have to commit to something totally yeah yeah I
0: also think it's important to note like you said how a lot of times people will come to either you or uh the CMR maybe after something has happened and uh I think even in a situation where it's not as maybe extreme as sexual assault but maybe a boundary got crossed emotionally physically um, and you're feeling kind of, you don't know what to do about that, you can definitely go there and talk about it because um, you don't want to like invalidate yourself and be like, oh, well, it wasn't sexual assault. So, like, I can't talk about it. Like, that's, it would still be super helpful for you to talk to a ad- trusted adult about that and someone who's equipped to have that conversation with you and help you communicate with your partner or whoever.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100% uh, because I think a lot of times, um, like you said you it ha- you realize some people might be in more into leaning of people pleasing or things like that, um, and so something might happen, you know, and then you realize, oh well, it happened already, yeah, I can't talk about it mm-hmm. or and i and I think I wanna encourage students to to talk about it even even if not measure themselves. I think something that I personally struggle with when I experience sexual assault was trying to measure it. Like, mm. was it bad enough for this? How much do you need to go through for it to be this? Mm-hmm. Like, as a student, those were my thoughts, you know? Because when I talked to family members, their re- their responses were very comparison phrases of like, well, at least it wasn't as bad as blank. Well, at least this didn't happen to you. or And so then that almost like took my mental process into well, did I experience enough suffering I you know for me to qualify as a survivor for me to this for me to that to ask for help yeah and so then I just was like maybe I should leave this for other people who actually need it so I was totally like undermining my experience And trying to talk myself out of it and, like, getting over it. And so I don't want students to feel like that is something that they have to go through. Um, And even if I just become a point person to taking them to the right resources, I'm happy to be that person.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for being on today's podcast, Nayeli. It was... um Really informative, and I really appreciate um, all the effort that you put in to being here and answering all my questions so thoughtfully and the questions from these students. Once again, can you just let us know how students can contact you?
1: Yes, sure. Um, So I am located in the Student Services Building, so where you get your IDs and when you go for housing. So feel free to do walk-ins there. If I'm available, I'm happy to meet with you. Uh, but for sure to get an appointment with me, just email me at nayeli.lopez@biola.edu. at Biola.edu.
0: Okay, great. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Did I Talk Too Much? If you enjoyed this week's episode, we would love to hear from you. You can leave a rating and a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. To make sure you don't miss an episode every other week, be sure to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well to get the latest updates on upcoming events, new blogs, and question boxes where you have the chance to have your questions answered on the podcast. Our Instagram is at grit at Biola. Our blog is linked in our Instagram bio where you can hear from our staff writers and read more about our mission. Thanks again for tuning in. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily represent the beliefs of Biola University or the Grit Editorial Board. All content is designed to inspire and challenge grit listeners to explore their gifting, foster resilience, gain insight, and develop tenacity.